started on social media just to educate consumers, right? And it's turned into so much more than that. I've been able to connect with so many farm women um, and build a community there and now host events and inspire people to share their farms. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Harley, and this is the Ranch Collective podcast where we talk with Western industry professionals to share, educate, and give a platform to those inside the industry and to give those who are outside of it a look at the day-to-day by having real conversations with guests. If you are new here, welcome. And if you've been on this journey with me for a while, welcome back. Happy to be back after a couple weeks off because I was sick. Uh, today I'm chatting with Annalise and we're talking about being a farm wife and mom and how sometimes the journey to getting there won't be what you think. Annalise helps other ranch and farm wives and moms share their story and connect with consumers. So listen in and get ready. Hey you guys, it's Harley. I'm just hopping in before we start the episode to tell you about my other business, Pullage Company, and our retainer packages. So Josiah and I co-own a photography business where we partner with other small businesses, advocates, and influencers to create social media content. Recently, we decided to develop retainer packages for our small business customers who need photo content on a regular basis but don't have an in-house photographer. As you all know, social media is a huge part of growing your business and increasing your brand awareness, so fresh content is important. We are currently offering one, three, and six session packages with different time choices. You'll get high quality, professionally edited photos in unlimited locations, and a phone or Zoom planning session so that we can make the most of our time together. For more information and pricing, please head over to our social media at Polich Company, that's P-O-L-I-C-H Company, or click the link in today's episode notes. Well, hello, I am Annalise Wagner. I am a dairy farmer from Wisconsin. I farm with my husband and his family. Uh, We milk about 700 cows. Um, And then I also, I don't know what to call myself, say I have a pretty active role um, on social media. And I just really like helping other farm women just feel like comfortable with whatever their place is on the farm. Because I know for me, and I know we're going to get more into this. um, Like once I had kids, my role on the farm changed and it was a difficult change, but now I feel like I've found my path. I've found things that have made me happy. I've adjusted to the changes. um, And so it's just exciting to, to share that on social media and help other women in agriculture kind of navigate that. Wonderful. I'm so excited to have you. I followed you on social media for a while. And I think that you bring like so much. It's really been fun to like watch your journey and like watch you grow. And I think you have such a fun like way of sharing all of that stuff. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So did you grow up like in the dairy industry or was that you married into the dairy industry? I grew up. um, So I grew up on a 1500 cow dairy farm with my parents and two younger sisters. And I actually majored in dairy science at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. And that's actually where I met my husband. Um, We met at a dairy club event. So yes, there are clubs for people who love cows. (laughs) Well, perfect. So can you um, tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up on your family's operation and if it's like multi-generational give me a little bit of like history about um your families and then about his families too if you feel comfortable doing that too 
Yeah. So I was the, was, am the fifth generation on my family's dairy farm. So I grew up uh, not only working with my parents and my grandparents, but I was lucky enough to work with my great grandparents. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Just, I mean, growing up in the barn and working with family, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's, you know, what, it's the lifestyle I grew up with. It's the lifestyle I loved. It's what encouraged me to go to school for dairy science. Um, like I said, that's where I met Tom. And so we dated um, for most of college. And actually, he spent some time working on my family's farm. And I spent some time working on his family's farm before we actually um, decided to move to his farm. Um, and he's him and I are the second generation there. We have twins, Lane and Sage, who I'm hopeful will be the third generation um, and want to take over the farm. Well, very cool. What kind of um, roles did you um, and him have on like each other's farms? Since you mentioned that you worked a little bit there too. We were in college at the time, so it was mostly just uh, wherever people needed us, you know, helping move calves, vaccinate calves, bedding animals, um, just, all sorts of here and there kind of stuff. I got you. That's um, super interesting that your family is like more generations and that you chose to go to his family farm. I usually don't like hear, I usually hear the reverse. It's like the more yeah. generational farm will kind of, it sounds weird to like say like they'll take the, <laughs> the kids that are coming up. But um, what, if you don't mind me asking, what are kind of some of the things that factored into that decision? Because I know I have listeners who may be, you know, in similar situations and might want to know. Um, it's kind of a long story, but I'll shorten it up. So, I mean, in college, Tom was very loyal and determined to go back to his fa family farm. And I was the same way. Um, we knew we loved each other. We wanted to make the relationship work, but I don't know. We we're just like, we're going to go back to our own farms and we're, I guess we're going to see what happens. Um, and then I actually had, I would say a little family drama go on. Um, it was tough at the time, but like, had that not happened, I probably wouldn't have made the choice to follow Tom to his family farm. And it just, now I know where I, I'm supposed to be. Um, and my sister has taken over my family's farm and she's where she's supposed to be. And the two of us probably never would have worked really well together. Um, we probably would have butted heads. So it really, it was a tough decision, a tough thing that happened, but everybody is happy now and where they need to be. So, well, that's good. I know like sometimes it can be really hard working with family. And then when you are working with family, sometimes also it can be, the conflicts tend to be a little bit more intense than if it was just a regular like employer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was also interesting then coming to Tom's farm and kind of adapting to the way they did things, whether it was, I don't know, little things they did with the cows or how they handled um, communicating and decisions, even like their cow shit smelled different than my family's cow shit. Like it was a lot of uh, a new things to adjust to, but it's all good. Well, and I, I would imagine like on top of that, it's also your husband's family. So there's other, you know, factors that play there too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. And I'm a very outspoken person and Tom and his family is more quiet. So it's just 
hard figuring out how they prefer to communicate and how I communicate. And yeah, it's a challenge, but with time. How long have you been there? So it must be 12 or 13 years I've been here now. Okay. So this was not a super recent change. This was like a little while ago. Yeah. Okay. So you met your husband at a dairy club event, right? So walk me through kind of how you guys got together, fell in love, et cetera. If you don't, I mean, if you don't mind going into Mm. all of that stuff. Yeah. So actually, so Tom and I both grew up showing cattle. Um, and we were at the Wisconsin state fair. I did not know who he was. Apparently he had been stalking me at, um, different cattle shows for quite some time. And when he found out that I was going to be attending river falls, cause he was a year ahead of me, I guess he was just like super excited. And then, um, yeah, we were at like these dairy club events and college parties and he kept just, I don't know, awkwardly trying to, to chat with me. And then, yeah, at a dairy club event where, you know, maybe some drinks were had, we finally chatted and exchanged phone numbers and the rest is history, I guess. That actually reminds me of my, I was talking to my mother-in-law about when her um, and my father-in-law met and she was, they've got a five-year age difference and she was like 15 or 16. And she was like sitting in the stands. He used to race, um, cars on a track and she was sitting in the stands and she just like saw him and like she was like yeah that's gonna be my husband and they've been married for like (laughs) 44 years this year so sometimes you just know what you want that's amazing yeah it's yep that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's funny though he was already he knew he was ready he Mm -hmm. he did well perfect so one i know you mentioned um a little bit ago that like once you'd had kids, your role um, on the farm changed. So what was it before that? And then what, what is it now? Cause you said you have twins, right? Yep. How? Old? Yeah. So the twins are five now. Okay. They're five. Um, and so after they were born, well, they were born at 31 weeks. So they were in the NICU for quite a while. So the first year of their life was just chaos. Lane was in the NICU close to us uh, for a month. And Sage actually had some intestinal issues and was in the NICU uh, two and a half hours away from us for five months of her life. So like, that was just crazy. And then finally, they were both home. And then I was still at home with them. We had kind of hired someone uh, to replace me on the farm while I was gone. And then eventually, like my mother-in-law started watching the twins for me so I could slowly like start doing my calf stuff because I mean I went from like full-time farmer to full-time butt wiper you know yeah and um it was just a hard transition because even though you know my husband assured me that keeping these kids alive was a very important job like it just wasn't as fulfilling as like farming and doing physical work was um so yeah I slowly started doing my calf stuff Um, I'm doing more now, but I'm still, I would consider myself like a working stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and am still navigating that path and just trying to enjoy it. Cause I know I'm lucky to get to spend this time with my kids and that it's going to go by fast and I'm going to have my whole life to work on the farm full time. So just really trying to embrace it and finding 
other things that kind of bring me joy. And that has kind of, I don't know, like I started on social media just to educate consumers, right? And it's turned into so much more than that. I've been able to connect with so many farm women um, and build a community there and now host events and inspire people to share their farm story and kind of navigate that, that farm mom path. So that seems to be a really, really common like theme that I'm finding with the women who, especially women who are moms, but either it's either women who like did not grow up in farming or ranching and are moved, moved to the farm ranch and are a, a ranch wife. And they just feel like overwhelmed, like what essentially like, what the hell am I doing here for the first few years? Or it's women who are like new, new, you've been a mom for five years, but you, like you said, it's still figuring some of that stuff out, but who are quote new moms or moms of multiples now who are just like, how do I find the balance and what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> that seems to be like exactly really common. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's really nice to see a lot of those sentiments being shared on social media because I I'm younger than a lot of the women who I'm talking to, but I'm old enough to remember when like we just like only shared perfect things on social media and we didn't talk about hard things like when social media was brand new we didn't talk about like being a mom of a newborn is exhausting we didn't talk about like it's hard to move to an isolated community especially if you're from a big tight-knit community we didn't talk about any of those hard hard things and it's really Mm -hmm. nice to see people from you know all walks of life not even just like ranching and farming but like from everywhere kind of embrace that and being willing to talk about yeah, it's, it's wild how Instagram, I mean, was just beautiful, perfectly curated pictures of your morning cup of coffee. And now everyone is sharing the raw and the real. And I mean, it is still a highlight reel, but I think Instagram is a really great place if you're following the right people and you're using the app to like connect with others and not compare yourself to others. Yeah, I remember the first time one of my friends um, who's actually, she's a social media manager. She and I were talking about it and she goes, no, 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 you're using the app wrong. She's like, you can use, she's like, you know how I find like new restaurants whenever I go to a new city is I search like that city's hashtag restaurant, like so New York city restaurant or whatever. She's like, and then I can find somewhere to go. She's like, you can find your people or in my case, she was talking to me about like my ideal clients for photography. She's like, you can find your people using mm-hmm. hashtags. And now I'm like, that's what the algorithm there now is like optimized for is like finding your, finding your people um, through like similar content styles and content mm-hmm. posting. But I remember like learning that and I was like, oh, this is like a great way to connect with people who don't live where I live. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. So um, I'm like still <laughs> processing that you're, you had one, two babies in two different NICUs for a long time. Mm-hmm. It, it was like insane. Um, it was just, I mean, like looking back at it now, it's just like, it seems like a bad nightmare and both kids are happy and perfect and you would never know anything was ever wrong. But I think we were just in 
maintenance mom and dad mode and did what we had to do. And it wasn't actually until like both my kids were home um, and we were home for a while that I actually then think I processed what happened and ended up like going to my doctor because I was depressed and had um, um, postpartum depression. But like, I didn't have it that first year because I didn't have time to think, you know, like we were just going and going and going. And then when we finally got to the norm, I was like, whoa. Can we actually talk a little bit about um, the postpartum depression that you had? I don't know if you're open. Are you open to talking a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when, at what point did you start like thinking this might be like an issue for me and I should go see my doctor about it. Um, I can't remember how long, like, I think both twins had been home for maybe six months and I just was always frustrated and not happy. And I was crying a lot and I just like, was not feeling myself. Um, and so finally I was just like, I, I don't know, I got to go talk to my doctor, see what we can do. Um, and so she put me on some meds and it definitely helped. Do you remember about how long you were on the meds? I want to say like five or six months um, because I started them too. It was like winter. It was dark. Like that also probably didn't help that whole seasonal uh, depression sort of thing. So by the time like summer came around, I talked to my doctor and we were both like com- comfortable, like removing me from the meds. And just like seeing how the summer went. And then she's like, if you feel like, you know, winter comes again, and this is maybe seasonal depression, like, we can put you back on them. Um, But I haven't had to be back on anything since then. It was just kind of a short little stint, thankfully. Well, good. I know that's also like another thing that women who are postpartum to like experience that bit of depression. And I know it's high, like highly stigmatized to even like mention uh, that you might be depressed as a new mom because you're supposed to be like in your new baby feelings and not and be excited and happy and um, wide awake 24 seven mm-hmm. apparently. Right. I know. Yeah. Did you feel like your support system there was like supportive of you doing that? Like your husband, your in-laws, did they know? Yeah. Um, I would say my husband knew and I, di- I don't think I told my in-laws. Um, I think that's the other like, factor that has probably made it difficult for me is like my I'm super close with my two younger sisters and my parents and they all live on the same road two and a half hours away from me (laughs) so not having them like here to help or drop in or like have a cup of coffee or a drink or whatever it is like definitely sucks um I mean my in-laws are great but not having I don't know your sister's close by it is a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm an only child, so I don't have like that relationship with any of, I don't have siblings to have that relationship with. I've got stepsisters, but they came into the picture after I was already an adult. So, um, we don't really have like a sibling relationship. So it makes me wish I did. I had siblings. Whenever I hear people talk about their siblings, I'm like, I wish I had some. (laughs) Right. It's the best. I mean, we fought like hell as kids, but now they're my best friends. Yeah. I, um, 
was blessed to be getting married into just not even together eight years ago, gotten married yet, but um, be getting married into a family where there is three kids and Josiah's older sister is only two years older than he and I are. So her and I actually, she came oh. down, her and I went to the dentist together and we got teeth removed together. So we got oh. to have a bonding experience. <laughs> that definitely is a bonding experience. <laughs> yeah, we went. So I live in Texas. I live in central Texas. She lives in South Texas. And we um, flew to Phoenix and drove down through Yuma across the border there. Um, because that's like where the, oh. dental, the dental capital of Mexico is. So, um, okay. Yeah. Much cheaper. Great quality. 10 out of 10 recommend if you have the time to that you can take to go. Okay. <laughs> it was cheaper for, well, we didn't pay for the flights, but it would have been cheaper for the flight plus the rental car, plus all of the work that needed to be done. than it would have been to see a dentist here. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's insane. Um, okay. So you said that right now you're kind of like a working stay at home ranch mom slash wife. What, so what do you do? Like kind of what does your day to day look like? So the kids started 4k this year, which is kind of nice. That gives me two and a half hours in the morning to do stuff. Um, and that time goes by really fast, but yeah, so I'm with them most mornings, um, and get them off to school. And then I head to the farm and, uh, do like calf vaccinations, paste calves, check all my calves, deal with colostrum, help my husband if he needs anything, um, try to work out, try to make the house less sticky, you know, just everything (laughs) in two and a half hours. Um, and then I pick them up after school by then it's usually lunchtime. Um, and then normally we head back to the farm together. It's a little more like pulling teeth now that winter has kicked in and they don't want to put all their, their farm clothes on. And it's honestly just easier to stay inside with them than try to go accomplish any work. But yeah, that's kind of what, what my day looks like. So do y'all not live on the farm or do you just live close by? We live close by. So my husband's parents live right on the farm and then we live up the road, maybe a half a mile. Oh, okay. So that's super close. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's Tuesday mornings. I feed calves in the morning. So my mother-in-law comes and gets the kids ready for school. And then I do some like evening feedings and then they usually just go to grandma and grandpa's while I do that. Or if it's nice, then they'll help. But they ain't about this winter stuff. <laughs> That's okay. Give it a few years and maybe they'll be more inclined to be outside when it's cold. Maybe not. I don't know. It's very cold up there right now. So <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually sounds like a lot. I mean, that's a lot, but that sounds like a fun, kind of a fun routine that you have going right now. <laughs> it is. Like I said, like I'm excited, happy that I get to like be with them in the morning and put them on the bus, you know, and that I don't have to miss this and Um, I think it's easy to like be in the mindset where you're like mad or stressed about it, but like they grow up so fast. They really do. I was, I coached here for a couple of kids and one of those kids that I had in, I coached her in, it was winter. It was like 2019, 2020, like that winter. Um, She was one of my kids and she was four then. So that makes her 
seven, I think now. Um, and I was like looking at pictures. I was like, she doesn't look like a little baby anymore. She's like a whole <laughs> big kid now. Yeah. Oh. One of the things that we had said we wanted to talk about was like finding value and um, fulfillment through like the sense of community and the events that you were hosting. So how did you kind of get started in talking, talking about first, I, I would imagine probably it started online. So how did you start like building that community online? So I started sharing our farm story online. I mean, probably over 10 years ago. And my initial goal was just to help connect co consumers to their farmer um, and where their dairy products come from. And then after the twins were born and I kind of had this weird life change where I was spending less time on the farm and more time just wiping butts and getting snacks. Um, I decided to actually start selling Rodan and Fields, which is skincare. I had been using the products. I liked them and wanted something I could do while the twins nap that made me feel like I was contributing to our household besides just caring for the kids. Um, and so that was like a really good outlet for me. And I was nervous to talk about it because I had only been talking about, you know, farming. But the more I did it, like the more I realized there was more people out there like me that were trying to start little side hustles, um, whether they were a farm wife or a farmer that, you know, was just spending more time with the kids, like they just wanted something else for themselves. Uh, and then last spring, I attended the Rural Rooted Retreat. And because um, I was just really ready to invest in myself, in my brand, I wanted to make more money on social media and not like not so much with the skincare, like I wanted to find something new. And we did a lot of self development at, at that retreat. And I really discovered that like, I love social media and what I've created so much because it is a it is a place for me to be me. It's something nobody can take away. Um, I enjoy the community and I want to help like other women similar to me, like find something for themselves, find that place. And so now I've started, I've hosted one mastermind dinner. I, um, it was this fall. There was over a hundred women that came um, and it was just a lot of fun. It was, we did a lot of self-reflection, self-development. Um, and then I also started my farm and grow course. And I just finished up the first one. I'm hoping to launch another one here in February. Um, but the course just helps people like figure out the best way for them to share their farm story. Um, and it's it was really cool to, I had seven girls that were in the course and it's just, I don't know, it's just really fun to listen to all of their goals and help them achieve it. Okay, so if we can back up for just one second, can you explain like what a mastermind is for people who may not know? Yeah. So mastermind, a mastermind is like a peer to peer, uh, group conversation. Um, they can be as little as like six people or as big as a hundred people. And, um, basically like everyone is there to help and serve one another. Um, so whether you have, you know, uh, an idea you want to talk about or a topic just like about farm life that you want to talk about. Um, everyone kind of comes there with a different goal, a different purpose, but leaves feeling fulfilled, fulfilled, helped and connected. 
Okay, that is probably the most like succinct uh, explanation I've ever heard because I've heard a bunch of people be like, yeah, I'm doing a mastermind this, I'm doing a mastermind that. I'm like, okay, well, what, what is that? No one knows what that those words mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, I wanted, I don't know, the reason I started it was because my sisters and I, I don't know, we go to different dairy conferences and we were talking like the the most fun part and is the networking at conferences and that we learn way more just by chatting with people at the bar than we do being spoke, being spoke at by speakers. Uh, so I just really, I wanted to have a conference with no speakers and that's what we did. So everyone just, it was a blast. So what is in your, you said you're wanting to do like a second um, session of your farming for a course. So kind of what, what is that? Like what's, what's in it? If someone wants to take part in that, what would they expect to experience? Yeah. So actually I wrote a little guide um, that helps people figure out how to share their farm story in the way that works for them. Because I think a lot of, a lot of times people think, Oh, I have to be on social media and I have to be like an egg influencer to tell your story. And there's so many ways to help connect consumers with the farm. And there's things you can do right in your community. So with the guide, I break down, um, help people discover their why, like, why do you want to share your farm story in, in the first place? Why is it important to you? Help them figure out their target audience, um, social media platforms or like local events that work for them. Um, and so they get this whole, this whole guide, this whole workbook. And then within the course, we break down the workbook together as a group. And it's almost like a mastermind. Again, the first, there's three different um, Zoom sessions that we have. The first one, everyone just kind of goes around and tells us about themselves, their goal um, and their why. And I take notes and then they receive like a full I don't know, report if they're on social media and plan to use social media. Like I give them um, a social media audit. I have different suggestions. And then in the second course, we kind of uh, talk about that or sorry, not second course, but second Zoom session and talk about target audience and who our audience is and what we need to do to best like deliver our message to our audience. And then the third Zoom session is kind of like, um, a mastermind where everybody again says what their goal is. And we set like long-term goals, short-term goals, you know, what do you have to do tomorrow leaving this mastermind to make your, your thing, your dream, your goal happen. And I actually think you brought up something that's really important that I don't, and maybe it's because I do spend a lot of time in the online, um, ag space, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about like your local, events like I know a number of um the influencers that probably anyone who listens to this show is familiar with they talk a lot about like oh be involved with like your local cattlemen's or cattlewomen's or like but that's it they don't or they'll talk about like go to your local farmer's market and like have a booth there but beyond that like how can you engage with your local community are you willing to share like some additional examples of ways that someone might be able to engage with their local community yeah. Um, so something our family farm likes to do is we walk in the local parades and hand out cheese sticks and we have um, like a big banner that says Wagnerland Dairy. So just like being active in the community there. Um, I think other ways you could, you know, adopt a highway, 
um, host tours. We love to have like our local uh, elementary school come over and tour. Uh, hosting different, like something I'd like to do more of is hosting on farm events, whether that's like an Easter egg hunt, hunt on the farm or whatever I can do to invite our local community into our farm to see who we are and what we do. Um, because I think very often, like, even though we live in a rural community, there's a lot of people that maybe don't understand where their dairy products come from. And if I can help even the people right here in my community, like feel more comfortable with what they're purchasing in the dairy case, that's huge. For sure. I come from a community where there is, it's a small community, but we have a number of beef cattle producers and I didn't know what they were doing until way after I left. I didn't engage with them at all. And I left, I mean, I left when I was a teenager, um, but I didn't know what they were doing until after I left. And I went to school mm -hmm. with these farmers or these ranchers kids and I still, not a clue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, um, that's super cool. And I feel like, I don't know, I just don't hear people really talk about engaging in person with our local communities a lot. Yeah, I think it's important and it's, it's a lot of fun too. Cause I, I don't know, I have this, I want to live a Gilmore girl lifestyle, you know, like I, I want that community. And if you want that, like you have to create it, right. You got to do stuff. What are some, do you have any advice to give to people who feel like they're maybe just a little bit lost or like, how did you, how did you go from like being a postpartum mom who's like really struggling with her role to being someone who's like deeply committed to helping other people find their strengths? Like, how do you walk me from A to B? I think it's, uh, for me, it was saying yes to more things that I wanted to do and I knew were going to serve me and help me. Um, so like, honestly, as lame as it sounds, it probably started by like me saying yes to selling Rodan and Fields, right? And putting myself out there in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and it, it, it allowed me to connect with other women. And then because of that, I went to the Rural Rooted and um, just doing more things for yourself, asking for help, saying no to the things that aren't serving you. You know, I think we need to be picky about what we put on our plate um, and and be confident and strong enough to be like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to make room on my plate for this thing. And I think if you can find the things that like really bring bring you joy and help you feel connected to others, it's just it's going to be a stepping stone for bigger and better things. Yeah, I, for all that people may have, I, so you mentioned earlier that you met a ton of other farm and ranch wives through selling rodent and fields, right? And for yeah. all that we, societally, not we, you and I, but for we have, you know, maybe not so nice things to say about companies like them and some of the sales tactics or recruitment tactics or whatever, I think that uh, they have one thing that they do really well and that's help bring people together. For and sure. Because <clears throat> I think, I mean, so many women want that community or that connection um, and also want extra money. Like farming ain't easy and it ain't bringing in the big bucks. I think everybody's looking for a side hustle these days. And there are a lot of creative people out there who who make a product or sell a product but some of us are like i'm not creative like what can i sell you know and so direct sales 
is super easy for those people that want to sell a product they love, but don't want to deal with shipping it or creating it or all that stuff. You know, it, it allows them to do something right at home. Yeah. And for, I mean, and for you and for lots of other people, it's created this stepping stone into figuring out like, okay, what do you actually want to be doing? Because at the end of the day, like probably most people don't just like want to be in direct sales. Like that's not their like dream job. Right. (laughs) But it sounds like for you and I know for several other people has really like helped give you the confidence to say like, actually, this is what I want to do. And I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I mean, I, I still like, I still sell the products cause I like them. Um, and for a while I was building a team and that was the part of it that I hated because I felt like I was, I don't know, trying to train and help all these people that told me they wanted a paycheck and wanted to do this, but I feel like I wanted it for them more than they wanted it for themselves. So you're just working with people that like really aren't giving it a hundred percent. And I was like, I am over this. I want to help people that actually want to like reach their goals. And um, that's kind of what I'm doing with farm and grow now. Like it's, it's way more fun. <laughs> and it, with your background also, I'm sure like you probably know a lot of, well, I know, you know, a lot of the struggles that um, the ladies in your group are dealing with, but you probably also know quite a bit about the other side. Like when you're in masterminds and stuff like that, I'm sure there's some, stuff that maybe someone who just married in doesn't come from like a dairy background or a farm background might have questions about, or like you can provide information about like the, from the other side, because you, yeah. you grew up in the industry. You might know how to explain something in a way that makes sense to them where maybe their spouse doesn't or their in-laws don't. Right. Right. Um, and the, I don't know, the other kind of cool thing that came with Rodan and Fields and something I teach in my farm and grow course is that I don't want anyone who wants to share their farm story or be an advocate to just talk about farming. Like we are more than just farmers. We have other hobbies, other interests. um, And it's those other hobbies and other interests that are going to attract non-farmers to your page and help you, you know, connect with consumers. Like I think the best advice I ever got when it came to sharing your farm story was like the best way to share your farm story is by not talking about it. When you talk about those other hobbies, you, f- you kind of build that farm common ground um, with the consumer. You build that trust. And then when you do talk about something egg related, they're more apt to listen to what you have to say because you, you have that foundation. Yeah. One of the very first episodes that I did, and I don't remember who it was, um, they were talking about how they started like with blogging back in like 2005 or 2006 or something like that. And they were training for a half marathon. And so a lot of their posts were, and like they grew up in ranching. So that was always like kind of going on in the background, but they made a community about like training for marathons and half marathons. And then, so when that person was like, like you said, going to speak a little bit more about like stuff going on on the ranch, the people who were there for like marathons were like, oh, this is cool. I didn't know about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is something that is really important. That's actually something that I probably need to do better about, like on my social media. Besides, like I post the show, but I'm not just a podcast host. That's something yeah. that I need to work on out on my platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, okay. So is there anything else you kind of wanted to touch on before we start wrapping up? I don't think so. I think we've, we've covered all, all the things I do. We got, we got through it quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I've got a couple of last questions. So um, you sort of answered this a little bit, but if someone came to you tomorrow and said, you know, I'm, I'm lost. I grew up in, I grew up farming and I want to be able to share my story online, but like, I don't know where to start. What, what guidance would you give to them? I would have them um, start by like writing down their why. Why do you want to share your farm story anyways? Like, why is it important to you? Is it because you want to preserve this lifestyle for your kids? Um, You know, like, is it a feel? I don't know, whatever that feeling is, like really hone into that why. Um, Because that's what's going to like keep you going, even when things get tough and you feel like quitting. Um, I'd also say like, it's a long game. Um, but like just by starting to share your farm story can lead to so many wonderful things. Like, I don't know, maybe you share your farm story today and next year you're like a motivational speaker or something, you know, you just, I think it can open up a lot of doors and windows. And sometimes it's the window. (laughs) It's not the door. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. And then this can be. Um, more professionally related or personally related, but what, um, what are you most proud of of everything you've done in your whole life? Most proud of in my whole life. Oh gosh. I don't know. I guess just in general, I'm proud that I took that first step to share my farm story. Um, I, you know, I've received like negative comments, but I remember like going back to my sister's wedding back in my hometown and someone had told me, you know, I used to be super scared of the GMO label in the grocery store, but because of something you wrote, like, I'm not scared anymore. I'm comfortable to buy whatever at the store. And like, for me, that was huge. Like if I can help just one person feel more connected to their farm and their food or help a fellow farm woman, like figure out what makes her happy and what she wants to do like I don't know that's pretty cool that is pretty cool. and then the very last thing I want to ask is if someone wants to follow along with you um join your course learn more about you where can they do that um so you can follow along with me on Instagram my handle is mod farm chick and then I have a website with all of my things um which is annaliswagner.com and I'm also on Facebook, Modern Day Farm Chick, but I prefer I prefer the gram. Meet me on the gram. I uh, was talking to Marky the other day, and she, I was messaging about something. She goes, oh, did you share that on Facebook? I was like, no, it was only on Instagram. She goes, go share it on Facebook so I can share it on Facebook. And I was like, <laughs> then I have to put it on Facebook. <laughs> right? It's the worst. It was like, okay, I'll do it and I'll tag you in it, but I don't want to. <laughs> but okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending this last um, hour with me. I do appreciate it. And this was really yeah, cool. thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. It's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.